Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin, and I am on a complete and utter mission to help more entrepreneurs make a difference, navigate the messy world of startup, relaunch, reinvention, and sometimes a rethink. Joining me today, we're going to be sitting down to dig deep with our guests to get you the best concepts and strategies to help you fast track your business. Our guest today is Leanne Leilakaba, and I'm super excited because she's got a really fascinating journey as a young entrepreneur. She is the CEO and co-founder of Two Times You, winner of a Stevie Award 2021 Entrepreneur of the, excuse me, Employer of the Year, and is an outsourcing company that specializes in hiring, managing, and growing remote executive assistance for solopreneurs and small business owners. She's been working from home since she was 15, published her own book at 18, and became a CEO at age 20 where she's partnered with her boss to start this new company. And at 23, she aims to help 10,000 entrepreneurs grow remotely and has a vision of 1 million Filipinos working from home. She has been uh, coaching on YouTube, where she trains virtual assistants on how to work from home. And she's an international speaker, content creator, master, and has a blog, YouTube channel, and an upcoming book called Scale You. A very warm welcome to our show. Thanks, Christine. That was a really, really amazing welcome. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I'm curious, what's it like being a young entrepreneur? Because you have a remarkable track record for so young. Tell us about what that's been like in your shoes. A lot of stumbling. Um, <laughs> that was nothing. <laughs> most of, I can now finally say I'm in my late 20s. But starting like right off the bat at 20, I had to do a lot of fake it to make it. I had to do a lot of like uh, also self-work on my ego and like, okay, making sure that I'm actually working on the right things and not just, you know, using it for the, the title and the accolade basically. Uh, but it was, it was, it's a struggle. But at the same time, I was so lucky and blessed that I did get like a really good mentor right off the bat. So that has really helped me on, on a lot of my trajectory. So I'm curious, how did you discover your mentor? Because I do agree, mentors can make and break your path. How did you find your mentor? How did you first start down that journey so young of saying, I might need some help on this? Well, uh, like you like mentioned in my bio, I started when I was 15 as a, as a freelance writer. That was kind of the thing that I was doing. Uh, no one was asking me if I was over 18 at that point, just because it is just writing. Um, there's not a lot of labor to go into it. And then... Um, I started going to the path of like just getting any gig I could and applying for different jobs. And how I met my mentor is he was my boss, basically at the the first full time job that I got. Uh, he I was a book editor, which is a dream job for a bookworm and a uh, a writer. It was just like being being paid to read books, and we kind of developed a really good just working relationship. Just because, and he would describe this uh, that I am a. Uh, cannonball like anytime that he points me on something I will just be on it that was kind of like the kind and still the am the kind of entrepreneur that I, I am it's like anytime it's like okay we want to try this new venture this new project he will just shoot me at it I will just do it and develop it and within like six six months to a year and like that's a relationship that we kind of have built we're working with him for the last almost nine years now this June of 2023 which has been amazing uh, but that's kind of how we met. Is like he used to be a boss. I was very much just a sponge. I was 18 years old when I was started working with him, uh, and that's kind of been our relationship ever since. And I've been so grateful that he 
has kind of taken me under his wing. And of course, he'll always say that, you know, it all just came down to me being a sponge to absorb everything else. There's a greatness to being coachable. And uh, you have a much smoother ride on your journey if you're open to some feedback. But I can imagine, like most of us, we don't always love feedback. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a time when, when you, you were given good guidance, but you didn't take it and how that shaped how you lead today. One very memorable one from my mentor was when he said that I sucked at systems. Uh, and for me, I was like, systems is such a big thing about business. When I, I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to be really good at systems. And it was, it just hit me because like for me, I knew that I was like, always a creator. Like came from being a writer, being, um, you know, doing graphic artist work or video editing. I knew I've always been a creator. And when he told me that I sucked at creating systems, that made me obsessed with learning it to now to the point where I am now systems master. So I've learned, I've studied books like E-Myth, you know, uh, one thing, um, there's so many things that I kind of dive into as I was learning this skill that I've now kind of really learned how to master and be able to do just because it was a feedback of like, you suck at this. And I'm like, okay, how do I get better at it? <laughs> Challenge accepted. I love it. And and I, I also love both of the books that you recommended to my personal favorites. Uh, definitely really shaped, you know, the way in the lens in which I became an entrepreneur as well. Um, you, you now in your current business are leading and mentoring a lot of people, both from the client side and from bringing people in to develop a skill set. Talk to me about some of the leadership things you love about this kind of new step in your evolution as a business owner. So for that one, it was a very full circle moment for me to want to start a basically a virtual assistant agency at that time where I could give the opportunities that I I got being able to work from home. That was kind of the the full circle moment for me. And being a, a leader towards that is realizing that it's not for everyone being able to work from home. It's not for everyone being someone who can have the discipline to be able to manage everything online, both as an entrepreneur and also as a virtual assistant, because a lot of people actually do struggle with that. Even with the pandemic, uh, a lot of people do still like going to the office, do still like having a structure. Uh, so for me as a leader, the way that has evolved for me is then keeping in mind, uh, and this is coming from the book One Minute Manager of like teaching like self-leadership and, and how to work with different people, is that different strokes for different folks and for different things to do. So that's the thing that I always keep in mind is I could be talking to an entrepreneur who has been doing this for 10 years, but has never actually worked with a virtual assistant. So then I have to change the way that I talk to them, the way that I speak with them versus, of course, talking to their assistant who has been doing this for a while, has been kicking butt, but just needs a assistance on this one main thing that they're now learning. So it's it's adjusting the way that I am with people, that I don't have to be just this one brand of being a leader. I can, I can customize myself and find the best way to be able to influence the person to get to the next level. Yeah, style flexing is such an important skill to always be fine-tuning. And in the world of virtual assistants, I find this whole, I'm going to say, industry fascinating because I do have many friends around the world who are both virtual assistants and some that run agencies. And of course, my network is a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that need help and they can't find a virtual assistant. And I find all the virtual assistants can't find clients. I'm curious from someone who's in the thick of this, why is that the case? What's the root of this problem? Because I just think there's this massive gap, but your business is about solving it. So tell me why. What's really happening here? Biggest one is a lack of clarity. That's the biggest part of it. 
is that when you're a virtual assistant, you have no idea what your niche is when you're starting out, when you you, you don't know what kind, of assistant, uh, what kind of assistant you are to other people. You don't know the value that you're giving first. So it's just really that lack of clarity on what that looks like. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's the same thing of like, you hear about this awesome stories about how my assistant is actually just running my business while I'm running away to Bali or something. But in reality, there had to be that need of clarity of like, okay, I can't expect my assistant to be a unicorn. That's what I call it. Like, don't expect your assistant to be a unicorn. Have them just focus on the three things in your business. And then you can start delegating more and more. Because for both sides, like they either for entrepreneurs that they have really high expectations of what their assistant could be, not knowing that you just really need that soft skills and then you can train them in the rest. And the same thing with the assistants is they'll think like, I don't, uh, on the other from the other side of like, I don't have enough to give. I don't have a value to give. I don't know what my skill sets are yet. So it's both just knowing what it is that they bring into the table and what they can bring to the table on both sides as well. I think that's a great one. I think clarity is what accelerates business. And without it, uh, it is very messy. And yet one of the things I think we also struggle with is the tackling of when am I ready for an expanded team? And many times that might be a contracted VA or working with an agency such as yourselves. But what do you think in your own journey, how do you know was the right time to expand a team member? It's when you have a recurring way to make money in your business. That's kind of like money or results in your business, whatever that could look like for you. Because one of the mistakes I see a lot of people make is they'll launch one product, but they don't have an intention to keep launching that again. They think, like, oh, now, now I need to get in the system, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have a way to pay them recurringly every month, it's going to go downhill super duper fast. Uh, but the moment that you are able, like, okay, now I have this, I've been, you know, three months in recurrently and I foresee myself keep doing this, then it is time for you to get an assistant because then they can grab, you know, the $10 to $100 tasks that you should be doing so you can focus on the $1,000, $10,000 tasks you can. This is an interesting one. This was something I had a conversation with one of my own clients this morning around is, you know, when you were a business owner and you're launching something, you know, this is your bread and butter, the service that you're getting known for, you you need to do it more than once. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and sometimes we go, well, I watched the first thing and now I need to change it to something else. But when you do that, you're constantly starting from zero. And the highest amount of energy you spend is from zero to something new. I said, if you really want to create a money-making business, you need to find it what it is you do and repeat it, repeat it, mm -hmm. repeat it, and get better and better and better at it and get known for it. And you're right. At that point, you have the engine of consistent income and you also have a really good understanding of what is repeated in the process. And it makes then working with somebody else to fill some of those gaps a much easier journey. And if you don't, you often have both sides looking at each other saying, well, isn't that your job? Like what comes next? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, <laughs> right? I'm curious in your own journey, because you've obviously gone from, you know, this self-employed copywriter writing on the uh, owned thing at a young 15 to now having this very, very big vision. When, when did you have your first hire and what did you hire for? So when I had my new hire was right around like the first month since I got my first client. So I, the first hire was literally just an executive assistant for the business. I didn't have um, marketing. I didn't have sales. I didn't have anyone else with me. It was just literally me. Someone said, hey, I love, uh, based at that point of my life, I was a coach on teaching people how to hire. 
Um, but I was teaching, I was doing courses, I was doing speaking gigs all over Asia. And someone just said, hey, I love what you teach. Can you just do this for me? As, um, and I said, do you mean, uh, I said, basically, do you mean recommend a virtual assistant to you? Like, no, hire and manage the assistant for me. And I'm like, I'll figure it out. Sure. Um, and that's basically how two weeks kind of really rolled out. So the first hire that I got, uh, so two weeks, you got his first client in October 16 of 2019. And I remember the, because I looked at the PayPal transaction uh, and then I got my first hire in November. Um, and that was for matching that assistant with that client. And then um, the next few hires were mostly the assistants. And then when I got to, I think, three, that's when I decided, okay, now I get to hire my own virtual assistant for this company because I had a different assistant for the publishing company. Um, and she was kind of still there. And, and uh, for, for 2XU itself, I knew I needed someone different to be able to run this kind of business. So when you've got team, and in this case, you've got multiple team members and, and maybe some more directly working with you and maybe some also within a ladder or, or some kind of management structure, what would be some of your best practices for having a good working relationship where this adds value in exchange for the dollars you're paying people? Because often this is a struggle for us to give up control. So what would be some best practices you've learned and you would guide people on if you were in your client roster so having a regular communication schedule is always is the main one like I've seen so many and this is one of the lessons that I learned myself as well when I was then teaching other people how to do it I've seen so many people who has a great assistant and they have a great relationship but they don't communicate enough and what I mean by communicating enough but is by syncing and sometimes one of the things that on the other side of not wanting to control the flip side of it is like delegation by application which means that the assistant is kind of just running around because they don't have the clarity of what they're supposed to be doing because the eye just keeps giving them things. And when you have a regular communication schedule, so for example, for me and my assistant, we meet every single day at nine o'clock as I start my day or right after I first I did my first call. And then we have that sync of like, these are her priorities for the day. These are my priorities for the day. Make sure that I actually do them. Uh, it helps create that um, sync of like always working on the right thing together. And then same thing with all of the managers right now inside 2XU is I will meet with them at least twice a week. We build out like, okay, this this is now the uh, the sprint basically that we're doing for this week. These are the things that your the systems that you're managing are going to be doing. This is how we can support and help them. So having that way where they don't feel like they have to hold everything in their head, that they can express things as they come up, they can give suggestions, has get freed up a lot of what usually people say, oh, I don't know, I didn't know that I could do suggestions or I didn't know I could be proactive. It, it encourages that when you're able to have that regular check-in with your assistant and your manager. I love the frequency in which you suggest that because that is more frequently than I see most. And I agree. I, I observe that too, where it's uh, delegate and then abdicate, and that's dangerous. Um, one, you, you, you want to grow as a team. And really, if you want to see accelerated growth in both businesses, you need to be in sync. So I love your recommendation there of quick checkpoints every day or at least a couple times a week to say, this is what the priorities are. And I think the other really gold nugget that you said was, these are your priorities, but also here are mine. And mm -hmm. that I think is gold because so often we don't know on the other side, what is it that your number one thing is? And mm -hmm. uh, without that, both communicating it, but also having clarity on it, I really think uh, sets you up for success. I'm curious, you know, as you have seen your business and team grow, how did you find the transition where you step be, start being so much in the weeds 
that you're not looking after the strategic vision? And how did you pull yourself out of the weeds to take care of that? Because you have a lot of different now tasks, responsibilities, and leadership touch points. Talk about that transition, because that can also be a great smooth one and a really challenging one. So mine, I can pinpoint exactly to when it started happening. And it was, uh, so for me, like I have different, I, I would say kind of triggers that I would know that, okay, something I need to to pull myself out of it. Uh, so for me, it was when I started every day having anxiety. That was it. It was like, I uh, was diagnosed with chronic anxiety. I have like different triggers that I know when, when, I'm, when I'm starting to have them again. And one of them was having heat, heat flashes, which is at, at 26 at that point. I was like, why am I having heat flashes at 26? <laughs> it was basically my body's response to like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not something that I should be uh, doing. And at that point inside of 2XU, we had um, more than a handful of assistants, but that I was still doing the management side because I couldn't pinpoint in my head yet what point I would be needing, an, needing a new manager at that point. I had a team underneath me that I was still doing a lot of the uh, client delivery. And at that point, I was like, okay, I need to start taking myself out of it. And it's a process that I've gone through before when I replaced myself in the publishing company I used to work for. was like, okay, now what, do I, what am I doing every single day? And what are, out of those, what are roles that I can create out of them? That's kind of what I did. So I started looking at my to-do list, having my system follow me around and look at all my meetings I was doing. And slowly I started seeing like, oh, the, you know, in one day, Leanda's five roles. So what are the five roles that I can now start hiring for so that I'm freeing myself out of it? But it was that feeling of the dread of like, oh, I'm doing this again, uh, meant for me that I was more in my business rather than on it. And I very, very much prefer being on my business. Uh, so then since then, I've kind of hired two other managers. I'm now hiring more. I've. Um, now we now have like a whole onboarding training system on what that looks like, but it did start with that feeling of like, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to be always innovating and growing my business in some way and not doing the running side. So then it's, it's making that switch and making that decision as well. Deciding what to say yes to and what to say no to. That's such an important um, part of the journey. And I'm curious, you know, in, in where you're at the current stage, What's the bit of the business that lights you up that you're like, I'm not, I'm not giving up this piece. This is the piece that feels like oxygen to me. What's that in your business today? So it's two fun things. And it's two things that uh, my mentor has said, has told me probably time to, to give it to someone else. But I'm like, but I love it. Uh, it's the first one is whenever I still do the sales calls. And it's mostly because I get introduced to so many different types of businesses just from the people who stumble upon our, our page. So the other day I was talking to someone who, his whole business was doing woodworking and he had this specific chopping board that everyone else in his area loved. And that's how he grew his business. I was like, that's so interesting. I talked to a person the other day who had a cannabis business in Canada. Things like that where being here in the Philippines is so left field that still uh, like drives me higher. Like, okay, that kind of business actually works for. Uh, there's someone who they, their whole thing is they contract off of the government. They're being paid by by uh, their country basically to do this specific service. And I'm like, that's so cool. So that's kind of for me what why I kind of keep doing the sales calls myself. And I guess the second one is whenever I get to do, one, one of the things that we do inside of 2XU is like after the 90 days, we have a good coaching session on where the assistant's at, where they are confident in the things they're not. And I love seeing the 
shy person at the onboarding stage. So like they had no idea what they were doing. And then at the end of that 90 day onboarding period that we have that they're like, oh yeah, I've got this. I understand this now. I know about this, about the business. So those two things basically at the beginning of the client's journey of having an assistant and then having the assistant just get it. Those are my two favorite moments in both the journey of the client and the assistant's journey. I love it. Well, one, it's a, it, there's magic when you can stay connected to the curiosity, which that that's the word that comes to mind when you talk about how many fascinating businesses there are around the world. And and secondly, it, it's it's the magic of watching someone blossom in terms of confidence. Uh, it never gets old. I, I absolutely think it's one of the biggest gifts as as a service-based business to be able to sit front seat in somebody else's dreams. It, I, it is for sure the thing that lights me up. So we share that in common. I'm curious as you look to the horizon and you look to this goal to to multiply quite rapidly your client base and to really bring in a million people to help support business owners around the world. What is the roadblock that's in your way or the piece that you need to now step into, evolve to, support yourself to, to see that transition successfully? What's on your horizon that you've got from a big goal perspective to get into that place? Well, I felt like 2022 for me, honestly, was a big wake-up call on the things that, you know, uh, I love the question that you, you asked earlier, the example of like, you know, if we got you 100 leads stay, what would that look like? And I did that ex- exercise around March of this year of, okay, if I got like 100 leads from someone else just because we did like a webinar, we did one speaking gig, and now we have 100 leads, what does that look like for 2XU? So then I stressed this that for, through the whole, uh, all of our divisions and like, okay, now we need this, now we did that. The biggest bottleneck that I still first that I foresee, which will probably be the bottleneck for most people uh, that are growing, is going to be finding the right people. It's finding the. I was really happy when we found our first manager because it's made so much easier for me to trust that this person can now take care of the assistance that I love so much. So then they can now just start rolling and, and doing that thing that I've been doing for so long. And then the next person, the next person, it makes it so much easier. But it's it it is the one that I went through. Multiple because I'm now about multiple mentors. One of my mentors, I we went through that exercise of like, yep, that's gonna be that's gonna be the next thing. Is like, how can we find people who are either genuine enough to care about the people that they're gonna be working with, because that's gonna be the biggest piece, and also people who are um, willing to do the work to be able to have the assistance that we care for. Just feel that know that they've got me, they've got my back. This is why I'm here. This is why I continue want to be working here. I love that because it, it is, it's so heart-centered and I 100% agree that people, you know, the reason we got into this was to lift people. I mean, it certainly sounds from your story, from reading your bio, it was about lifting people and making an impact. And I always had the philosophy as a leader, we have to create talent. You know, we, we have to mentor people. That's self-leadership first. It's creating the environment. It's also being generous with your time to create the place of we can grow together. And that's where that communication piece, I'm coming full circle to that communication piece, is you are a valued part of my organization. And in that way, we have to have honesty, conversation, integrity, and um, time. We must set aside the time to find the talent because talent is going to be a crunch for every business on the planet for the next 30 years. It's just a truth in every industry, in every quarter of the world. And I'm curious, as my final question as we wrap up our conversation here is, what does success look like for you December 2023? 
December 2023. And it's funny because yesterday I just finished creating my uh, vision board for 2023. So I have it perfectly in my head what that looks like. Is by December 2023, I would have 2XU, um, 5X or 10X. That's kind of the theme that I put it is 10X for, for by that time of where we're at. And then I've actually now started putting add-on businesses around 2XU. So that's kind of the vision that I have is 10Xing the current clients and then creating mini businesses underneath 2XU that then supports the assistant. So for example, right now, it's just an executive assistant. So I want to build a social media company. I want to build a bookkeeping company all underneath. So then the assistant doesn't have to go outside of having to hire freelancers for their client. It's all inside of 2XU's ecosystem, basically. Uh, And that's kind of the clearest vision that I have in my head. I love it. Can't wait to see how this holds true. You'll have to send us an update as we watch your story evolve. Uh, Leanne, it's been super fun to be able to sit down and hear your story, the passion of a young entrepreneur on the rise and really going to shape a lot of lives. I'm excited by your journey. And guys, that's a wrap on another amazing episode and a conversation sitting down with the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast. Before you go, if you've loved this episode, please give us a five-star review. And if you are an entrepreneur who wants to share their journey, their insights to help us, a fellow peer audience, accelerate their growth of their dreams, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. And remember, if you are an entrepreneur and you need some assistance, you want to accelerate your business, you should come take a look at what Leanne and her 2XU organization can do for you. Thank you very much for being our guest here today. Guys, we will see you on another episode.